we have what we call triggers. And there are two types of triggers. We have external triggers and we have internal triggers. Okay, so now we've got traction and we've got distraction, right? These two types of actions, things that lead us towards what we want, things that pull us away from what we want. Now, what prompts us to traction or distraction? We have what we call triggers and there are two types of triggers. We have external triggers and we have internal triggers. External triggers, these are the pings, the dings, the rings, all of these things in our outside environment that leads us to either traction or distraction. And this is what people tend to blame, right? They tend to blame their iPhone, their email, whatever. They think that that caused them distraction. But it turns out the leading cause of distraction is not the external triggers, but rather it's what we call the internal triggers. You see, because what I found in my five years of research, the ugly truth that we don't want to admit to ourselves is that most distraction begins from within. That distraction and procrastination, it's not about your iPhone. It's not about Facebook. It's about the emotion you are looking to escape from. It's the boredom, the uncertainty, the fatigue, the loneliness, the stress, the anxiety. That's why we do things against our better interest. And so what we have to do first and foremost, the first step has to be to understand what emotion are we trying to escape from? Look, distraction, procrastination, it's not a character flaw. There's nothing wrong with you. It's not some kind of moral failing. It's just that you don't have the tools to enable you to deal with these uncomfortable sensations in a healthy manner that leads you towards traction rather than distraction. So now we have our four key strategies, right? Remember, tactics are what you do, strategy is why you do it. Number one, master the internal triggers. Number two, make time for traction. Number three, hack back the external triggers. And number four, prevent distraction with pacts. So now we have this model, we have this indistractable framework that we can use. Whatever distraction we find in our lives, we can take out these four key strategies and then come up with the tactics that are right for us. But again, the strategy is more important than the tactics. Beautiful. We have a ton of questions. Let me ask you once from, from the audience. It is, sure. how often do you get distracted more than once for the same time, for the same thing? Okay, so we never want to get distracted. This is okay. This might be somebody who read the book because I talked yeah. about this in the book. Yeah. That you know, look, uh, there's a wonderful quote by Paolo Coelho who said that a mistake repeated more than once is a decision. Let me repeat that a mistake repeated more than once is a decision. So I get distracted from time to time. Everybody gets distracted from time to time. I made up the word indistractable so I can define it any way I want. Being indistractable does not mean you never get distracted. Being indistractable means that you're the kind of person who strives to do what they say they're going to do. You strive to live with personal integrity. Now, the difference between someone who is distractible and someone who is indistractable is that the distractible person keeps getting distracted by the same thing again and again, right? Ah, shucks, I checked Google or Facebook or YouTube when I didn't mean to. Ah, darn it, I didn't have time to work out. Shoot, I didn't, you know, I wanted to be with my kids and now I ran out of time because of work obligations or whatever. They keep getting distracted by the same thing again and again. They don't do anything about it. They make a decision to live the kind of life that is manipulated and controlled by other people. They are not in control of their own attention, their own life. An indistractable person says, okay, I got distracted. 
why did I get distracted? And there are only three reasons. Either it's an external trigger, an internal trigger, or a planning problem. That's it. It's only one of three reasons. And so an indistractable person sits down and figures out why did I get distracted and prevents it from happening again and again. Beautiful. So we covered the first part, what can I do to become indestructible? Let's get to the second part. The CEOs, product teams who are building stuff and are thinking of applying exactly this model into building stuff that hooks people in a good way, becomes a habit. It, it creates lasting change in their life. Are there some examples? I know that you studied Fortnite and other examples where this works that you would like to share. Sure. So there are limitless uh, companies. There are so many companies who have used the hook model over the past six years since I published my first book. Uh, Fitbod uh, uses the hook model to get people hooked to exercise. Kahoot, the world's largest educational uh, software company. Uh, anybody who has ch uh, school-age children, ask your child about Kahoot. Chances are they use it. Uh, they started the company from day one with the hooked model in mind. I was lucky enough to be an investor in the company, and they, they came to me with, the hook, with their hook, and I said, wow, this is an amazing way to get kids hooked onto learning. Uh, I've worked with the New York Times to get people hooked to engaging with the news. Uh, you know, virtually every industry these days, uh, uh, thankfully, I've, I, people have, have checked out the book, and they're using these tactics to build healthy habits in people's lives. Beautiful. What is one thing that you changed your mind about focus and productivity in the in recently? So I, you know, there's so much I changed my mind about <laughs> because, look, you know, I wrote this book for me. Uh, I struggled with distraction uh, probably more than anyone, right? I've never had a lot of self-control. I've never had a lot of self-discipline. And I always thought that's what differentiated people who can get a lot of things done. It was the people who had a lot of willpower, right? Wrong. Even the whole concept of willpower is being challenged by the psychology community it may not even actually exist unless you believe it exists. So, you know, one, one thing that I changed my mind on, you know, many of us have this perception that we run out of willpower. Uh, that, you know, I would come home from work and I would say, oh, pff, what a rough day. Uh, I just need a break. You know, I've got no willpower left. Give me that pint of ice cream. I'm going to sit on the couch and watch Netflix because I have no willpower left. And in fact, this concept got some, some, economic, uh, some uh, academic credibility. It was called ego depletion. And there was actually a researcher who did some studies that showed that this might actually be true, that you run out of willpower like you run out of gas in a gas tank. And uh, what, what ends up happening in the, in the psychology community, if a study sounds a little too good to be true, what we do, we replicate the study. We run the study again. And it turns out that it's not real, that this idea of ego depletion, that you run out of willpower like gas in a gas tank, it's not true, except for one group of people. There was one group of people who really did run out of willpower right? They were, their willpower was exhausted. They ran out of it like someone would run out of gas in a gas tank. And you know who those people were? The only people who exhibited willpower or who exhibited ego depletion were the people who believed that willpower was a limited resource. So it was only the people who told themselves that they were spent, that they had nothing left, that they couldn't make any more good decisions because of, you know, decision fatigue or willpower depletion or ego depletion. It's only true if you believe it. I didn't know that. And so that was part of, of, of many of the changes that I initiated in my own life because, you know, so many of us, we have these scripts in our heads 
right? And we hear them repeated all the time. Technology is addicting you. There's nothing you can do about it. You have a short attention span, like a goldfish. Uh, we hear these things all the time and none of them are based in science. And all they do is perpetuate the problem because if you believe you are powerless, it becomes true. It's called learned helplessness. That when you think, well, there's nothing I can do about it, there's something wrong with me, right? I have some condition or, and look, some people really do suffer from ADHD, OCD, addiction disorders. Yes, there are people who actually have those pathologies. It's a single digit percentage, which means 95 to 99% of us, there's nothing wrong with us. We're not addicted, we're distracted. Beautiful. The highest calling right now is to be of service. So the best sales is to not sell at all, but instead to serve the people you care about. Selling is telling. So who do you serve? And how do you serve them? The quality of this experience makes the difference. If you want our experts to go over your current sales funnel and really dive into the experience and the needs of your clients at each conversion point and make it a wow experience, then you are in luck because we have an exercise for you. Our 15-minute sales audit and one-on-one -on -one coaching with a world-class sprint coach. Fill out a couple of questions about your sales funnel and you will have clarity. In your personalized coaching session, you will get clarity on your number one bottleneck, three ideas on how to accelerate your growth, and a tangible sales map on how to double your conversions. Go to strategysprints.com slash sales and do our 15-minute free sales audit today.